Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. On this episode, Todd and I begin a series where we discuss our church's distinctives, and the first one is that scripture is central to all we do. We discuss what we mean by this and why it matters for our health and our mission as a church. Whether you're newer to GBC or have been a part of GBC for years, we trust this conversation will be helpful and equipping for our life together as Gresham Bible Church. Bible Church. Today, we're going to start our series here on the podcast about our church's distinctives. We've been exploring those and hearing sermons on GBC's distinctives throughout the summer. And then we wanted to create a space. This was producer Jordan's awesome idea to talk about our church's distinctives kind of in a way after we've heard them preached as a church, kind of a cutting room floor idea. So to give us more space and opportunity to bounce it around, to discuss it, to consider what does this distinctive actually mean and how are we to live into it in the life of our church? So by saying these are um, our church's distinctives, we're saying these are descriptive of us right now. And these are also things that are aspirational for us going forward as a church too. So before we start on that, that's my clunky, awkward intro. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys real quick, if you could share someone that knows you well in your life, family or friend, what is a distinctive of you? What's a distinctive of Todd Miles? What's a distinctive of Jordan Bradley? And we'll go from there. So whoever wants to go first. Elders first. Go okay. Ahead. <laughs> um, well, I care too much about Oregon State Athletics, <laughs> for sure. So I'm dying right now at the time of this recording, as yes. their future is in doubt. Um, but probably more seriously to match our distinctives of being something that describes us, mm -hmm. hopefully, but is also aspirational. Um, I think uh, probably committed to the Word of God and wanting to teach that mm -hmm. to people both to train others to teach and then and, and then and then people in the church as well i think i i care about that i think people who know me would say that i care about that and it's aspirational as well i want yeah. i want to to grow in that love it well said jordan how about for you uh it's just hard to talk about yourself like this I uh <laughs> i like probably my humility is you know <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Michael Scott quote? I don't yeah, know. Is, right. that, is that how we're supposed to answer this? Um, yeah, I have like good, good things about me. Um, not sports fandom and movie love or whatever. Uh, maybe like includer. I try to, hmm. you know, I'm always trying to find connection points with students and stuff that even if they don't like the Blazers or whatever, I can find some way to connect with them in some way. And so I, I, I want people to feel like they belong. Um, or maybe if you ask my wife, I, I mean, I try to be 
my my first ministry is definitely to my wife and kid, and so I think I do a good job of balancing the ministry I love at GBC, but also making sure I'm, you know, putting Olivia down for bed and playing with her and spending time with Taylor and stuff like that. That's really important to me to still be doing stuff with them. Yeah. So I don't know. That's I hard. love it. I can affirm that distinctive in your life, brother. All right. I observe that often. Well done. Yeah. This is going to sound like meta or maybe narcissistic, but I thought I should uh, ask or answer the same question I'm asking you guys. If you like weren't briefly going to, yes, you have to. Exactly. I was going to. Yeah. yeah. You're like, wait, avoid it. A distinctive <laughs> of me would be in a descriptive way that I really, really, really enjoy food. Yeah. The aspirational part of it would be that I should learn how to make food I enjoy. <laughs> so I hope I can actually aspire to that more. I like to consume more than I like to produce food. But that's a descriptive of me. For those that know me, I enjoy talking about food uh, maybe too much sometimes. But um, yes, that would be a descriptive. So it's good. All right. That is, again, our clunky intro to our church's distinctives. So um, our distinctives, as we've been talking about on Sundays, are what help keep us on mission as a church, help keep us in alignment with the purpose and mission of the local church. So things that are descriptive of us, things we want to continue to excel still more in so that are aspirational. Uh, and our first one is scripture is central to all we do. I'm going to read it for us. For those that haven't seen these, these are on our website website. So scripture is central to all we do. We are committed to expository preaching because we deeply believe that what the Bible says about itself is true. We believe that God's word is the foundational way through which God works in the world. Therefore, scripture is central in all of our ministries because it is our authority, our light, and brings life to all who receive it. So let's just start bouncing it around. Todd, maybe for you first, could you help us understand this a little bit more? What, do, what does that mean? Why is scripture, scripture central to all that we do? Well, what I, what I tried to say in the sermon, just to, to highlight uh, the things that I did say, I, I talked about what, what scripture is, that the, that the Bible is the word of God. And, and if we're going to be a church that is intent on, on following the Lord, if, if, if we want to be a church that is transformed by the spirit of God, then uh, we, we have God's revelation uh, in, in, in scripture. And, and we need to, uh, keep that central. It needs to be, uh, our, our North star and East, West and South as well. <laughs> I, I suppose if that, I just broke the analogy there, but, um, I, I think that's, I think that's the primary uh, reason for us. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the scriptures tell the story of, of redemption. Um, it is, it is God's perspective on us and our dilemma. It, it, it tells the story of how God has, has opted to save us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and, and then it, it tells us how to go forward uh, after uh, after we have been saved and after the church has has been formed, and so um, it, it's it, because it, it is the word of God. It's it's thoroughly and totally reliable, and and so in in the sermon I, I talked about what Scripture is because we need to understand what the Bible is, and and then we can talk about what it does. Amen. Um, yeah. uh, the, the Bible 
isn't what it is because of what it does. It's the other way around. The Bible does what it does because of what it is. And, mm-hmm. and in this case, it is the word of God. And so I spent some time talking about how the Bible is the word of God, how it is inspired. Um, and and then be, because it's the word of God, then there are a lot of different implications for that uh, that, that are huge for us. Um, I, the, the, the scriptures are authoritative. If, if the Bible is God's word, then, then it's... It, it, it's it, it is the voice of God. I I like what I think Wayne. I got this from Wayne Grudem. Um, to disobey or disbelieve the Bible is to disobey or disbelieve God. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know we have to interpret it correctly. But then that that raises the stakes for why interpretation is so important. We yes. want to get it right because we want to obey God, right? Um, and then another inspiration or another implication of of the Bible being the Word of God is that it's it's trustworthy because it's 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 inerrant and mm-hmm. it, it is it is infallible, um, and so and it being trustworthy, it it can and ought to be trusted. Um, it, God's perspective on things isn't just uh, one opinion among many, but it is uh, it's. It, it's true and and right, and even when the Bible's teachings run contrary to the spirit of our age, uh, we we have to do what the Bible says. Amen. Um, if if we don't, we're going to be disobeying God. The cool thing, though, about about the Lord being God is that he's not just someone who showed up with ulterior motives and is a big bad bully who forces us to obey. He's actually the one who created us and who loves us and he mm-hmm. knows what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And so uh, his, his, his promises in scripture are, are, are trustworthy. Um, and then the, the Bible does say over and over again that, that God's word is sufficient. He's, he's given us all the divine words that we need. And so we want to study well. We want to mine it for, for every single thing that we can legitimately and rightly get out of it. Um, God, it's not the only thing God has given to us, right? He's, uh, he's, there's far more that the Lord has given us in addition to Scripture. But, uh, but, but God has given us in terms of revelation all the divine words that we need. And, and so we, we want to pay close attention to those. So those are some of the things that, that I tried to highlight in this, in the sermon as, as to why it needs to be central to us. Yeah. Yeah. How about, could you help us understand more? Maybe someone heard you briefly talk about it, whether in a biblical theology class <laughs> or in a sermon, but the idea of when we hear that God's word is inspired, yeah. Um, sometimes there can be some misconceptions or incomplete understanding there. How would you help us understand that in terms of inspired versus like expired idea? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the scriptures, uh, testify to themselves. Um, they, we, we get the Bible's origin story. Um, not, not the canons, you know, the closing of the canon or anything like that. We don't get that, but we do get how, how the writings came about and, and, and they were, uh, created by by a movement of the Holy Spirit in the lives of of prophets, who who uh, were moved by the Holy Spirit, and uh, to write what they wrote, and and it wasn't dictated. Um, they were they were taught things by the Spirit, and then using their 
own vocab and experiences and and that sort of thing. They they wrote out, um, again by inspiration of the Spirit, and, and in such a way that that every single word is is the word that the Lord wanted uh, for us. It, and simultaneously, it is absolutely very, very human as well, yeah. and which is why John sounds like John and Moses sounds like Moses and Isaiah sounds like Isaiah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but boy, that that's so different than the than the alleged origin story of the other sacred texts, um, where there's either like no divine help at all. It's, or it is like in, in Islam, you have a dictation origin story. Um, but, but the Bible, I think, is, is like its origin story is better. <laughs> its origin story yeah, is better. Yeah. It, it, it answers more questions. It has more application. And, and so everything that we do in interpretation flows out of uh, either the, 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 the human aspect of, of it. You know, we pay attention to context and literary, human literary genre and historical cultural context, that sort of thing. Um, or it's an implication, or I should say, and an implication of, of the divine aspect of it as well. And, and we don't have to pick and choose. We don't have to try to figure out, okay, yes. this is the human part and this is the divine part. It's, it's all thoroughly uh, divine and, and, and all, all very human. But, but, but we should never doubt that the Bible is applicable because it was written for humans, really by humans motivated by very human things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you, you know, we, we, we've just preached through Galatians in the spring and we know what motivated Paul. <laughs> he heard mm-hmm. about something was going on and he was passionate to correct it. Um, so we, we, we should never doubt that it's it, it's applicable. We should never doubt um, that that it's not motivated by uh, real concern, both divine concern and and also human concern as, as well. So yes. uh, there's all sorts of implications like that for, yeah. for inspiration. Yeah, it's beautiful um, how God um, inspired His Word and how that plays out in our lives. So. Um, I'm sure a lot of people that go to Gresham Bible Church will see this as our first distinctive, listen to this podcast, like, yeah, we're Gresham Bible Church. So scripture should be central <laughs> to all right. we do. First, praise God for that. Don't want to assume that, but maybe let's like go underneath that a little bit. What are maybe some misconceptions in our lives that maybe we bring like presuppositions in our cultural time and place or in our own inclinations in our sinful hearts that sometimes push up against that or makes us question or doubt that God's word is really God's inspired word. Because I think we have to like camp there mm-hmm. before we can talk about that it's central to all we do because otherwise it's just a catchphrase. So like what are what are some things about what we're bouncing around right here that um, we're prone to in our humanness maybe have misconceptions around or even if we're honest have unbelief around at certain times yeah i'll throw out a couple and then Please. you guys yeah, yeah. bounce it around um, so i think that the obvious one one that i gave in the the um in the sermon itself is is that god's perspective on on ethics uh sexual ethics mm-hmm. for example that runs really contrary to the spirit of of our age and and, and we're, we're getting close to the point where to basically say what the bible very explicitly says could be 
construed as 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 like hate speech. Yeah. Um, but because God said it, His perspective is right. He's the one who created us. He knows He He knows best, and He He's all wise. He's the Lord. He's He's loving and kind. His His commands are not to ruin our lives or to kill our joy. It's it's far yes. it's far from it. So I I think that would be one thing. Um, and I'll continue on, on that one thing. And it can be hard in our culture because because mm-hmm. no one wants to be the intolerant one. N- n- no one wants to be the unloving one, right? Yep. And and I, I, no one, I think, wakes up in the morning or no one ought to wake up in the morning and, and says, I want to be as obnoxious as I can <laughs> this morning. And I really uh, hope that people accuse me of being intolerant. Yeah. I mean, no one no one wants that. Um, and, and yet we're getting to a spot to a point where if, if we're going to be true to scripture, we, we, we might run that risk. We just have to learn and train ourselves how to be winsome and kind. Yes. Uh, Jesus didn't, did not compromise at all on any biblical truth. And, um, and people were very attracted to him, especially the worst of sinners were, were attracted to him. And so we, we got to figure that, that Amen. part out. Um, an, a, another one would be just like how to grow a church. Um, there's, there's all sorts of ideas out there. If, if you look at books that are published on, on how to grow a church, marketing strategies, that sort of thing. Um, and, and, and the reason those books sell is because the advice they give is easy to follow and it, it will bring some quick results oftentimes, oh, yeah. Yeah. but it won't necessarily bring the kind of godly growth that we want, and instead, uh, the you know Christ promised that he was going to build his church. He declared himself to be Lord of the church, and he wants it run in certain ways. And there's, uh, you know, the 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 epistles give us qualifications for elder, mm-hmm. and marketing genius is not one of those. Um, <laughs> that doesn't mean you can't be a marketing genius and meet the other qualifications, yeah. but. It, it so much of I think the, the the kind of growth that we want to have here at Gresham Bible. Of course, we want more people to come. We want people to come to Christ. We we want them to grow in discipleship, and um, we, we'd love to have the problem of you know we we got to buy more chairs, right? And, Jordan, what are you going to do on Sunday <laughs> yeah. morning? It, yeah. This we would love to have that problem, but. But we wanted we want to depend upon the Lord to grow the church by being faithful to to what he says to do and 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 that's really kind of the the long view and the slow game but but it's worth it i think yeah, yeah. amen brother yeah jordan how about you maybe in your own heart or just you know your years of ministry especially you know to those in generation or two beneath you what are those places or blind spots even that lead us or encourage us even to like doubt that god's word is god's word yeah i, I mean the definitely the ethics of the day is probably the biggest one so i think Another thing you can kind of tack onto that is like, is is this book even relevant? You know, it was written mm-hmm. so long ago. It was mm-hmm. written for a different people, different culture. You know, women and children weren't even respected back then. So there's harsh teachings in there about that, which is like, well, no, hold on, read it right. Um, so, you know, why should we trust something that's so old? How do we trust that the people who say they wrote it actually wrote it, which that can be solved pretty quickly with just any basic history lesson whatsoever. But it's a common immediate thing is like, I don't know. I, it wasn't just a bunch of guys got in a room and wrote that. And that goes back to the whole inspiration thing. It it Mm -hmm. only could have been inspired by God for 
what, 40 different authors over 2000 years writing the same story without talking to each other. Like that's pretty insane. Um, and then I, you know, I, I think there's parts to people's first perception of the Bible is, well, isn't God mean in the old Testament that he's loving in the new. Mm. And so, and so some people, we joke about it often in the office of, you know, unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament. Like, <laughs> does the Old Testament even matter? Or is it only about Jesus because we're under the New Covenant? And thankfully at GBC, we do, we actually preach the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of churches that won't do that or rarely do. They'll just pay lip service to it. We're going to go through Deuteronomy. And I don't know how many churches <laughs> preach through Buckle Deuteronomy. Up. Yeah. 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 Um, but and, and and there we'll find out love is going to come up over oh, and over yeah, and over yeah, again. Deuteronomy yeah. Seven. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I think by us embracing that all of this is God's word and that we have a clear understanding that all of scripture is ultimately pointing us to Jesus, that it's giving us a foundation for not just what we do on Sunday mornings, but for people's lives of yeah, this is all pointing to Jesus. And it's all pointing to what God has done for us through Jesus, which is what you can then build your life around and transform you that it's who God says you are, not who we say that we are. But it's hard for people to get to that initial point of, you know, we're all prideful. That's the root of sin, right? We want to decide who we are and nobody tells me what to do. And the Bible's just a bunch of rules when it's actually not that. And, you yeah. know, so it's just, I think it spirals from there. And um, I love about GBC that we're, I think we understand perspectives that people come in that are misconceptions Yeah, and we meet them at their level and let God's word do the work. We're not trying to... Amen change people and make them perfect before they hear from God's word. It's an understanding of, no, this is what we need to understand to be right in God's eyes. Yeah, that's so good. I've been thinking about this from a few different vantage points or even lenses. So not to get too emotive or personal, but as a dad, my two oldest are getting ready to launch. Mm -hmm. So that just prompts certain things as a parent, you reflect and look back on how did we raise and disciple our kids and what values we instilled in them. Um, And I pray I was faithful in some way, but gaps in some way too. So I just want to encourage the parents at GBC as you're listening to this to intentionally engage and disciples your kid in your kids around being able to trust God's word. It doesn't mean there's always the easy, simple answer. We're not saying that we want to have, you know, compassion and be kind and winsome in the conversations, but to disciple our kids while they're under our roof, uh, to engage in hard questions about it because God's word is trustworthy and good and true and beautiful. And then, um, to echo Todd's point, like, okay, people could nod their head. Okay. Yes. That's a true statement. How's that inform and influence the life of our local church? to be a church that's word centered um, means that, like you said, Jordan, we want God's word to do the work. So we want to attract people with God's word and Christ-like character. We want to keep people through God's word and Christ-like character. Doesn't mean under God's common grace, there can't be certain ideas or principles, but we want God's word to do the work. So that means like if someone's newer to GBC and they're going to check us out, uh, the call to worship is going to be God's word, mm-hmm. right? And then we re- that takes the initiative. Then we respond as God's people. You're going to hear an expositional sermon. You're going to hear songs that um, are singing God's word in different mm-hmm. ways. We're going to come to the Lord's uh, table, um, the Lord's Supper, 
because of what God's word has to say about it. And then um, like how it informs or animates us just been thinking more and more about John 17, Jesus praying for the three of us right now, recording for all the Christians that would come after him. And in verse 17, he says, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. So mm -hmm. we have Jesus Christ's word on how his people grow in sanctification and it's through the word. And so, um, I'm thankful uh, that my family is part of GBC. And I know there's lots of other mm -hmm. faithful churches that scripture is central to all they do too. But like, this is something we can't assume because um, the drift will always be away from this, not right. towards it. So you yeah. saying that just you walk through what a Sunday morning is of how scripture impacts, but just going along with the theme, you know, our kids ministry on Sunday mornings. Yes. If you start coming in preschool through fifth grade, like you're going to work your way through the entire Bible twice. And then when you come to, youth group stuff. I'm not just throwing dodgeballs. I often, <laughs> although you're quite good at I that. Am good. Yeah. I am guilty of spending too long on, on our lessons. Like we're expositionally going through the book of Exodus. I don't know many youth groups that mm. do that or basic theology or whatever, which is understanding what God's word says about who God is himself. And we have men's and women's Bible study groups and our community groups are built around testimonies of how God has changed our lives. And, you know, that's part of what God's word tells us to mm -hmm. get together, do life together, yeah. eat together and stuff. So everything that we do Amen. at GBC in some way or another, whether or not you're opening your Bible up for 40 minutes is because of how we are responding to scripture and what it tells us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, so I've been in reflective mode lately. This is maybe too big picture, but just let's bounce it around a little bit. Uh, by God's grace, GBC will have a generation after us that we get to pass the gospel baton to, like those that have gone before us, right? So what it, will it look like if we're faithful into this distinctive, that scripture is central to all we do in, at GBC in imperfect ways, but again, descriptive and aspirational. What could that look like for the generation after us? Or if we lost our bearings and we started to drift from this, mm. what would that look like for the next generation after us? This is me being weird. This is how I like to think. <laughs> Just thoughts. Hmm. Uh, if scripture is our foundation, then we I don't think we'll be caught in the cultural waves of whatever comes next, whether it be sexual ethic continues to change or... I've always wondered if like in 50 years if abortion is going to be something that future generations look back on or like, what were mm -hmm. they doing? You know, like mm -hmm. I stuff mm -hmm. changes, right? But God's word doesn't. Yeah. And, Amen. you know, I feel like every year the church is saying this is as evil as the world has ever been. It's like, no, it's been like a sinful fallen place forever. <laughs> and yet God's word has been applicable through all of it. And so if we're not basing what we do, how we think about the world, what God thinks of us on what's the most popular marketing method and instead what scripture says, then we can trust that God's church is going to persist as opposed to, yes. you know, do have people ears tickled or itched as it says in as Paul's writing to Timothy, a lot of that's what people want. They want to hear what they want to hear. And so we'll sometimes water down the message. But if we preach what's there and trust that the results are up to God, not to us, then I don't think we need to worry of what the church is going to be. Yeah. Amen. Good word. Yeah. Todd, anything that comes to mind for you? Well, I would say that our, our commitment to expository preaching, um, it would be something that, that we don't want to lose, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the place of just the public reading of scripture, even mm -hmm. I, it's, 
there's a host of reasons to do to do what we do to have a, a call to worship that is reading scripture and then uh, expositing a passage and even when we're doing this distinctive series we're usually picking one passage and, and and we're working through that and then we have a benediction that comes from god's word and there's a host of good reasons to do that but but one good reason among many is that it does communicate our dependence upon God and the priority of his word for our worship service. And, and if we can gather together as a body and the word of God has that kind of priority, then hopefully that will continue on throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, it's not exactly the same thing, but there's a great story about John Calvin who um, he, he was kind of, guilted into uh, preaching at Geneva for a while and 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 he and his his um uh, colleague got themselves into some trouble because they were basically they were standing firm to what God's word said and and they got booted out and and he ends up having to go over to Strasbourg and and which was totally fine cuz that's where he wanted to go in the first place but <laughs> but but then they call him back and and instead of uh, chastising the church, you know, he, he walks up to the pulpit his first Sunday back and, and instead of chastising them, he just says, okay, last time I was here, we were in Exodus 33, turning your Bibles to Exodus 34. <laughs> wow. And, that's and awesome. he just moves on from there. And, and it's not exactly the same thing, but, 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 but there's something that I think is applicable to us here. If, yes. if we were to fast forward you know, hop in Mr. Peabody's Wayback Machine, but, but but go into the future instead, and 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 go to a worship service at Gresham Bible. Um, I, I I would hope that the word of that the commitment to the word of God would be evident in how this the, the worship service yeah. stru- worship service is structured. That there would yeah. still be. I mean, it might look different. There the. the the order and agenda might change, but not the priority. Just, there's a priority to letting God speak yes. and, and where we are silent and we listen to him. Mm-hmm. And, and if God's promises are true, then we can't not be affected by that. Um, Amen. My mind keeps going um, to the idea of the next generation after us and specifically um, just I feel so grateful and overwhelmed. It's way beyond me um, to be the new lead pastor of GBC. And honestly, my job when it boils down to is preparing this church for the next lead pastor of GBC and this church for the next generation. It's the elders, it's the deacons commitment, ministry leaders, all of us, right? This isn't our church. It's Jesus church. He's a chief shepherd. And if there's one thing that we could continue to cultivate humbly with grace is that our church values the word of God and that it's the central point when we gather. Yes, it's his word that we need to hear. Uh, it's his word that does the work. Like that'll always be true, no matter yeah. the cultural moment that comes after us, etc. Like we have God's word on that. We can trust it. So um, yeah, I'm just thinking like, man, if this was going to be our thing, this would be a pretty good thing for mm-hmm. it to be our thing about. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. And thankfully we've got at least 20 years to prepare the, <laughs> that's right. the, I, yeah, the, I, I the church so, for the next uh, lead pastor. But just like, man, that's so easy are we even with um positive intent to move from this in different ways but to have god's word be the engine in the life of our church i find it freeing and Mm -hmm. life-giving and it honors him so yeah um 
How about anything on this? People have heard this sermon, maybe someone's newer to GBC, or maybe they've been at GBC for a long time. So this, you know, is something they've maybe heard before, but are there any extra resources that come to mind for you guys? Someone wants to dig in on this personally, disciple their kids in this. How can I know God's word is God's word? How, how is it trustworthy? Why is it central to, to our lives? Anything that you'd guide them to? And I hope you say the Bible, but the other things. The Bible is yeah. a good place to start. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could different theology books if you're wanting to get into the deeper part of how do we know God's word is inspired, mm-hmm. you know, and some of those theology things will also give you resources of why we can trust historically, mm-hmm. you know, there's just some, yep. some, the test of the autographs, how many manuscripts we have mm-hmm. of the Bible compared to other things. It's like when you you can read a page on Wikipedia about that and be like, oh, this is the most trustworthy and mm. most copied historical document ever compared to other things. And we don't trust that Homer wrote the Iliad, but we question whether or not authors of the Bible wrote the Bible. So, I mean, there's stuff like that, but yep. I don't know. What do you got, Todd? <laughs> yeah. Um, so to, to give like one theology book, um, please. I, I think Wayne Grudem in his his whole systematic theology is very scripture centered. He does It's only do it. like 3000 pages too. So don't yes, be intimidated, don't be intimidated. Everybody. <laughs> but it is, um, he, he wrote it specifically as a response to people who are doing too much history, too much philosophy. Yeah. It is pretty much just Bible all the way through. Um, but his, his stuff on the word of God and the sufficiency of scripture, yeah. his section there is, I think is very, very good. Yeah. Uh, John frame has, has a really good book. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of seminary level, but not, maybe not really, Bible college level, college, college mm-hmm. level, right? Um, uh, the, the doctrine of the word of God mm-hmm. is, is an excellent book. If, if you have questions about the canon, I would say anything by Michael Kruger. He has a book called the, the canon revisited. He has a book called the question of the canon. Those cool. are, uh, the, he, he's the best guy out there right now uh, doing stuff on, on canon. Um, uh, in terms of, of hermeneutics and how to interpret scripture, uh, you know, there's the the book, uh, uh, how to read the the how Bible, read Bible for all its worth. For all its worth. Stuart Fee, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Fee and Stewart, yeah, Fee, Fee and Stewart, Gordon yeah. Fee and, that's a great, it's a short one yeah, too. That's it's, a great. It's book. a short one. If if you want to go a little bit longer, I, I I at the seminary I use a book by Andres Kostenberger, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is good. I, we can put all these yeah. references in the the yeah the notes um yeah and, and then probably some other ones that i should have said that maybe i'll think of later <laughs> so we can throw those in the notes later too yeah. yeah yeah no just hopefully this podcast series will just keep going through our distinctives and equipping uh people in terms of these things because this is equipping the saints for the work of ministry and i just want to say this too maybe you listen to this and maybe you're newer to gbc and you think oh gbc is gonna be like the church that thinks they have it all together because they're the Bible church and everybody else is wrong. Um, in some ways, yes, we're unashamedly centered on God's word. But as you're going to hear in our other distinctives, if you're word centered, thereby you're gospel centered and thereby you are growing in Christ-like character. Mm-hmm. And I pray that we're going to be continue to look like Jesus in more and more true and beautiful ways. So just in terms of how this informs our culture, um, just came to mind a potential misconception. Uh, there could be in that by making this our first distinctive. It's because... Um, 
we want to mirror uh, what God has to say about who we are as his people, as a church and individually our dependence on him. So can I yeah. jump in and ask a question that I Go could see it. someone yeah, asking yeah. about us being scripture centered? Um, could you guys speak on why we expositionally work mm. through books of the Bible? Because there's a lot of churches that don't do that. That Good question. It's more topic based and, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of churches that you hear a scripture at the beginning and then maybe one in the middle of the sermon, one at the end. And that's not what we do. So why do we yeah. take the approach that we do with preaching scripture? Maybe I'll take a swing and then Todd, sure. feel free to add to it. So uh, a few things come to mind by expositional. What we mean is that we want the main idea of the passage we're in that week to be the main idea of the sermon. So expositional can mean, you know, verse by verse. It can also mean larger chunks of scripture. The reason we take that approach is because we're trying to mirror how scripture understands itself and how it's presented. So like look at some of the first sermons like Peter, etc. It was the story of the Bible. Jesus is the centerpiece. Mm -hmm. So Jesus wrote to Emmaus, Luke 24. He says all of the Old Testament is ultimately about him in some kind of way. It points to him. So by being expositional, we want God's word to speak and let kind of unfold um, and bring out what's already there. So kind of the exegesis idea, not putting ourselves in the text. It doesn't mean God's word doesn't speak to our moment and mm -hmm. each of us personally, because God's amazing like that. But we want God's word um, to carry the weight because it speaks in every time and place. Um, so that that's what I would say. And like from a, a value or culture standpoint uh, for us as a church, uh, we love other churches. We pray for other churches. So we're not trying to say we have this all figured right, out and right. we're on the varsity team and you're not. We're just saying <laughs> we're going to just be really upfront and transparent. This is a value we have. We think it's good and beautiful. It equips the saints for the work of ministry. It glorifies God. It keeps our eyes on Jesus. And man, that's, that's what I need. That's a good place to be as a church. So that's how I would kind of like socialize. It. Yeah. Todd, what do you think? Yeah, uh, pragmatically and, and yeah. not totally joking, I would say it's so much easier oh, to do. That's to do totally that is one of my answers. Like, <laughs> I, I just preach the next verses. Yeah, totally. there you go. You don't have to think up what Amen. the next topic's going to be. Yeah. And yeah, so, but... Um, so I'm not I'm not totally joking about no, that. That's it's, a I can't imagine answer. the amount of work <laughs> oh, to try I, to come up with a new topic every exactly. single week. Yeah. Um, but then th think of the dangers of trying to th come up with a new topic. You, you'll either have a hobby horse that mm -hmm. is your own like axe to grind, or you have blind spots that mm -hmm. you it just never crosses the your radar that your church the church needs to hear, or you've got sin in your life to where you you are afraid to preach that mm -hmm. passage. Yeah. Yeah. Or we've seen examples of pastors who have sin in their life and then they come down really hard on it like they're almost preaching judging themselves and mm -hmm. preaching to themselves mm -hmm. and it's weird mm -hmm. and strange um, so the the nice thing about working through a book is is that you know we, we have a bit of a strategy here mm -hmm. so, so so we have to do some choosing and picking um, we're, we'll try to do something from the from both testaments and thinking about the different literary genres and you know we do psalms and like mm -hmm. January, January. Yep. in a New Testament book and we'll do an Old Testament book and that sort of thing and but um, but but once we've picked the book, then it's God speaking to us, mm -hmm. yes. and uh, regardless of what the topic is. And I think a great illustration I think I mentioned in the sermon is that um, I'm preaching through Galatians, and and, and I'm yeah. like the new guy getting getting some money from the church, and and I get to preach on giving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't imagine anything <laughs> I would like to preach on less than 
encouraging and exhorting people to uh, give. Love, yeah. By um, the way, you should be giving church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of so, our other distinctives later. Yes. Oh, yeah. But uh, but anyway, the um, so so but it was something that we needed. Yeah. That, yeah. that we need to hear. If, if it's in God's sufficient word, then it's it's good for us to, to hear that. Mm-hmm. That's so, so good. Yeah, sorry, just real quick. I love what you had to say. Amen, it's easier in some type of way. Like it protects us from ourself mm-hmm. and echoing our culture and our preferences. And I think it's harder at the exact same time because there's certain passages that in my own inclination and personality, I would probably choose to avoid. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it it compels us to sit under the full counsel of God's words. Then we're becoming full-form disciples, and we're not just mirroring like a personality cult church mm-hmm. or a certain brand of Christianity where it presses into the places of our life that maybe are uncomfortable, but that's good for us too. Yeah. So yeah, it's easy yeah. in some way and it's really not. And I think both of those things, when you marry those together, mm-hmm. man, it's life giving for us. So and think yeah. about we, what we communicate when we skip something Yes, in, in a de facto way, we're saying you, the people of God don't really need to hear yeah. this word of yeah. word from mm-hmm. the Lord. So you don't need this. Yeah. Um, that's and good we're not going to give it. So yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's terrifying. Think, yeah, good answers. If if people didn't know that in listening to this podcast, now you know why we do this. But and also the fact that we do always we're not forcing Jesus into the text, but we we're finding the connections each week. We're always going to do it in our sermons of where is Jesus? Is it a direct prophecy about him or allusion to him? Or is it just that Jesus is the fulfillment mm-hmm. or the better than mm-hmm. than what we're seeing? And so you know, every every sermon still has a gospel message to it. So you're not hearing, you're hearing, I guess, the same thing every week that you hear the gospel. It'll be in two distinctives, but it's because that's what the Bible's about, you know? So I think it just shows our faithfulness to what God has given us, but the faithfulness of God, that of how he's put his word together. That, yeah, man. Like you said at the beginning, Todd, he gives us exactly what we need of the words he communicated or the ones we're supposed to have. And we don't fully understand everything, but that's okay because he gave us what we need right now. And it all has one cohesive message. So it doesn't matter where we're at in the Bible. You're still going to get Jesus and you're still going to get the gospel and you'll get other stuff on top of that too. But yeah, I love man. how we approach preaching. And I, I hope, do too. Thanks for asking that question. Yeah. yeah. And if this prompts... I'll end here in a minute, but if that specifically, Jordan, your great question about, hey, why do we do expository preaching? Like I'd encourage people to lean into that and ask questions of one another, of, you know, people that lead in the church, uh, Todd or I, or others would be really happy to have that conversation with you. Jordan would. So, um, yeah, we want to be a church that values expository preaching, um, not in a way that we're elevating it, like uh, we're the only true faithful church. That's not where we're coming from but we are unashamedly valuing and living into expository preaching at GBC. And I'm so thankful that we do. Absolutely. So, yeah. our, our preaching team just, just read a book together. Yep. Yeah. Good call. Um, yep. So, expository uh, preaching by David Helm. Yep. Uh, if anyone wants a copy, let me know. I'll hook you up. We can meet and talk about it. Um, this is something that lives in the life of our church now and thinking about the next gen- generation after us. Like it's important. We're all equipping each other, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to value expository preaching. Um, maybe the next lead pastor of GBC is in GBC right now. So let's train him up. Yeah. Or maybe we're equipping the saints to be deployed elsewhere in his kingdom around the globe. Like let's value scripture central to all we do and expository preaching. And we'll be serving, um, the Lord's church well. So, and yeah. preaching team meetings, we meet every Tuesday at four o'clock Good call. in our office. And yep. that's an open door for people that want to come, not mm-hmm. just the people that actually preach. So you can yep. 
help us see how we work through a text and how we preach it. So yep. love yeah. it. Fun. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Guys, thanks for this discussion. Yeah. Um, Gresham Bible Church, hope you find this helpful. We'll continue our distinctive podcast series. Um, again, the intent is that it um, prompts real face-to-face conversation, real question. So please feel free to reach out to any of us or just reach out to me. And you can do that at mike at greshambible.org. And periodically, don't want to forget, want to thank our friends at Humble Beast for the great music on the podcast. All right. Until next week. Love you, GBC. Love you, GBC.